You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. We had the opportunity to listen to it. Uh, it was uh, very informative. It was very, uh, it was very, you know, like he said, from a bird's eye view, but there was so much truth in it. And just looking at how, uh, you know, we look at heaven, for example, so often we look at heaven and why do I want to go there? Why do I want to be there? And it's because the streets of gold or because I have that mansion over the hilltop. I have uh, all these exciting things, these riches. And, you know, we, we kind of make it seem exciting as if that's the reason why we want to be there. But just as Brother David taught or preached this morning was just the fact that God is going to be there. And we're going to be able to see him face to face. We're going to be able to be in his presence. And when we have that opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord, when we walk with God, that is having heaven here on earth. And uh, you know what? When you're walking with the Lord, when you have that relationship that is so real and so genuine, it, it's exciting. You look forward. You have purpose uh, you know, for the day. You look forward to what God has in store, what God's going to use you for. And, you know, I, I just rejoice in the fact that I get to wake up in the morning and that I get to uh, open my Bible up. I don't have to worry about being persecuted for this book. I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, my, uh, my faith being persecuted. I don't have to worry about that. But I can rejoice in the fact that, you know what, I get to have a relationship with the Lord. And you know what, it's not the greatest is what it could be, but I'm always working on it. But I look forward to that one day when there's going to be no sin whatsoever between us and Him. And I look forward to that day. And so, you know, just having a little bit of heaven here on earth, how do we have that? By having that relationship with God. And it's such a powerful message this morning, Brother David. Thank you so much for preaching that. And uh, as we look here tonight in Titus chapter number 2, as uh, we read, I'm just really just, I'm going to come sit down. I'm going to have all the senior saints come up and just teach because they're full of wisdom and full of guidance and direction. Does that sound like a good deal? All right, good. All right, we'll start with Brother Andy. No, just kidding. All right. But with this in all seriousness, this passage is so powerful. This passage is so very important. And I look at this passage, I preached this passage to teenagers. I preached it from the understanding that, hey, we are the young men and the young women. We have to be taught. We have to be willing to learn from these people that have had the experience, those that have gone through the trials, those that have gone through some struggles, those whose faith have been tested. And teaching that from that dynamic has always been, you know, kind of the direction that I've looked at this. But tonight I want to teach from the other direction of teaching down, teaching those that are under us to grow up in the Lord, to walk in the Lord, to have a relationship that they could experience that we have. And it's so very vital, it's so very important. And I want us to look at this as Paul was writing this to Titus, encouraging him to have the aged men and women to teach the young men and, woman and women, to train them up, to show them how they ought to live and how they ought to behave. Our nation was a godly nation. It had good values, it had good morals, it had good character. Now I look at our nation as a whole and I see a nation that has completely veered from what it once was. How is that possible? How did this come to be? 
How did this happen? It's because our nation failed to pass on values, to pass on morals and character to the upcoming generations. It's because our churches have failed to pass on the truth and virtues to the upcoming generations. It's because Christians have failed to train and build up young people in the way of the Lord. And so as we look at this passage here tonight, I want us to be challenged. I want us to be encouraged. The fact that, you know what, while we're here, we still have a responsibility to train and to build up others. To train those that are under us, to those that are upcoming in this next generation. We ought to guide and direct them in the way of the Lord. And so let's look at this passage again here tonight in Titus chapter number 2, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. That a, the aged woman, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine. Teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. The title of the message this morning is Pass It On. And let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I pray that you just please uh, be with me here tonight as I preach your holy word. I pray that as I get this opportunity, Lord, I wouldn't take it lightly. I would take it with honor and respect to your holy word and uh, the opportunity that you have called me, Lord, to this work. And I pray that I would do my part in just delivering the message that you have given to me, that I would be filled with your Holy Spirit's power just to deliver the truth, Lord, and the challenge that you have uh, challenged me with. And I pray that you just help us here tonight to leave here uh, with with a desire and a passion just to train up the next generation for you. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We ought to pass on, we ought to pass it on. We look at these things that are uh, that were given here to Titus from the Apostle Paul. They were things that they were to be passed on. It wasn't something just to be kept, it was something to be handed off to. And so as we look here tonight, the first thing that I want us to look at. Something that we ought to pass on is we, us, we ought to pass on the truth. We ought to pass on the truth. We look at the gospel in Matthew chapter number 28 and verse 19 through 20. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, uh, teaching them to observe all things and whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We find here that it is a responsibility to go and give the gospel. It is a responsibility to go and preach the gospel, that the world may know the truth, that they may know who Jesus Christ is. We know that Jesus Christ, he is the truth. John 14, 6, I'll say it again. Jesus saith in him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I love that verse. Because it has so much power in it. We have to come to that understanding that Jesus Christ is the truth. 
And if we're going to pass on the truth, we first have to pass on the gospel. We have to uh, pass on salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to give them the truth of how they can know how to have a relationship with the Lord. We find here that we ought to pass on the truth. And that begins with Jesus Christ because he is the truth. We look at doctrine. We have to pass on doctrine. The truth. What is, what is given to us as uh, just, uh, just a solid, really solid in stone. Things that are just given to us that are, are plainly said as commandments. Like you think of, for example, the Ten Commandments. Take your Bibles to Exodus chapter number 20. Exodus chapter number 20. Exodus chapter number 20. In verse number 3, we begin with the first commandment that is given to us. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You just think of that commandment within itself. Just think of how much change and how much impact that would have on our nation and on the next generation if we simply just taught them the doctrine that if you have that you're not supposed to have any other gods before God himself. You're not supposed to put anything above God because he is above all things. That he is to have the preeminence. We have to make sure that we teach that. Second one we find is that thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. I think of, you know, going into individuals' homes as, uh, you know, whenever you get the opportunity, maybe visiting somebody or you just look inside, uh, you know, the door there or you see on their porch, just all the different graven images and how that is just so common, how that is so normal. You think of the upcoming generation, they see that on a regular basis, they're not going to see it as a big deal. If that's not taught to them, if they're not trained or if they're not given the truth that that is a Ten Commandment, this is a commandment that God has strictly given, that this is not acceptable by any means, we ought to teach that. I look here at the third one in verse number seven. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. I think of that, for example, so often as just in conversation in everyday life, hearing people, uh, you know, in the world just using the Lord's name in vain. The TV shows that we watch, the movies that we watch, how many times do they use God's name in vain? And we just, oh, it's all right, just, just ignore it. We're not, we're not going to, you know, we don't accept that. It's okay. As long as we know that that's wrong, it's okay. But what does that do? That tears down that wall of saying, you know, hey, this is not acceptable, but now it just says, let it in, it's okay. Don't worry about it, it's fine. We have to come to that understanding that, you know what? It's not acceptable. This is doctrine. But what's happening is we're not training the next generation. We're not giving them the truth and the doctrine that they need so that they can live a life that America maybe once was. We have to come to that understanding that we have to understand this doctrine. I look at the fourth one, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now we don't keep the Sabbath day still because that has been fulfilled. But you do look at the Lord's day, the day that he rose, the first day of the week, all right, Sunday. That's the Lord's day. And we ought to teach that that, that is the Lord's day. That you know what? 
we should keep that as priority. Work, career, and I know some people work on Sundays, but if we're going to teach that it's okay to miss church for work, we're saying work is higher than God. We have to come to that understanding that, you know what, if we're going to teach the doctrine that God has given us, we got to pass that on. we got to pass on the truth, and we have to make sure that we remember the Lord's day, that it is something that is a priority in our life. Oh, I don't feel like going to church today. Well, it's not your day. It's the Lord's day. Let's make sure that we're doing what God wants us to do. Remember, we're created for His pleasure. We have to make sure that we are uh, just... Uh, keeping that. I look at honor thy father and thy mother. That's verse number 5. Or not 5, 12, excuse me. Verse number 12, chapter 20. Honor thy father and thy mother. You look at the nation that we live in, children are so disrespectful to their parents. You look at the disrespect to authority. Why do you think children don't obey their parents? One, because they see their parents not respecting authority. They're not setting that example for them to follow after. They're not respecting their boss. They're not, uh, they're not respecting their local authorities. They're not respecting, you know, government. And you know what? I'm not for all that government's doing. But at the same time, I'm still going to give them respect. And with that, we have to teach that. We have to teach them to give honor to people. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. You look at these commandments. We know that we know them all, and we kind of expect maybe the next generation to kind of know them as well. And oh, it's just kind of given, it's understood. But if we really don't teach it, what's going to happen is it's going to be forgot about. Little white lies are going to be okay, and then soon enough, lies are just going to be acceptable. It's going to be part of life. It's okay. As long as I can be successful, as long as I can get what I'm supposed to do, I can lie. That's all right. That's the mentality that we teach if we don't teach them the truth. Had an opportunity to talk with the Coles today. You don't have to teach a child to do wrong. It comes natural. But we have to teach them on how to do right. We have to teach them that. Because if we don't, it's, they're just going to be led by the flesh and they're going to choose to live and do what is wrong. And so we have to make sure that we are passing on the Ten Commandments. We are passing on the truths. We are passing on the gospel. I think of that commandment, thou shalt not covet. That's one commandment that is so... It's one of those things I look at my life and it's like, man... It's so hard to do. Because there's a lot of things in this life, man, I want. Man, that's a nice boat. That's a nice car. That's a nice house. And easily what we can do is we can not be content with what God has given us and desire things that are not ours. And you know what? That's a Ten Commandment that we break against God. God has blessed us with so much. So we ought to rejoice in our blessings. We ought to count our blessings and not be focused on what we don't have. God has been so good to us. But those are things that we have to teach. Those are things that we have to pass on. I look at principles. 
the definition for a principle is a fundamental truth that serves as a foundation for a system of belief or behavior, a rule or belief that governs a personal behavior. You look at principles, they are given to us so that we can make decisions on what is good and what is wrong. We have to come to that understanding that in the Bible, there's not do's and don'ts for every single thing in life. So how do we make those decisions? We have principles. We have principles in God's word that are given to us so that we can know how to make decisions between good and evil. I look at the values, the things that are important in life. The sanctity of human life. If we don't teach that, that's a huge movement right now to where it's okay. Life isn't valuable. Life isn't precious. Why do you think suicide rates are going up? Why do you think all these issues that we're having with no care for life, why we're dealing with that? It's because we haven't taught the sanctity of life. I look at God's design for marriage. Why are we dealing with issues with that? It's because we haven't taught it. We've failed to communicate the truth of God's plan for marriage. I look at God's plan for the family, for the home. God designed it to be loving, to be caring, not to be broken, not to be, uh, not to be uh, just to be immoral, to be sinful. God has designed the home and the plan, his plan for the family, just to just to, for there to be success, for there to be uh, just pros- uh, just the for it to be prosperous. I look at all these different things we have to pass on, and you can go on and on in this list. And I'm looking to be short tonight. Could you believe that? Maybe laugh a little bit harder, and we'll get shorter. Hey, there we go. All right. Point number two. First is the pass on the truth. Secondly, we must pass on the tales. Pass on the tales. Let's go to Psalm chapter number 44. Psalm chapter number 44, please, here tonight. Verse number 1. Psalm 44, verses 1 through 8. We have to pass on the tales. Not only the truth, but we have to pass on the tales. Verse number 1, it says, We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days and times of old. How thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand and plantest them. How thou didst afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword. Neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand. And thine arm and, thy, and the light of thy countenance, because thou hast a favor unto them. Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. I look at this passage and what we find here is the psalmist's writing about how He heard from his fathers. He's heard from the stories of how the Lord worked. And because of that, you know what? He can have confidence, not in his own sword, but in the same God that worked in his own father's life. 
I look at the tales that we are supposed to pass on. We have heard biblical accounts, biblical stories of people who took a stand, like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at David, who took a stand before Goliath. You look at Paul as he uh, just did so much for the cause of Christ. You hear these stories and how they've made an impact for Christ. We've also heard the stories of maybe men that have started a revival through the power of God like Jonathan Edwards or George Whitfield or uh, D.L. Moody or Billy Sunday. We hear these stories, but you know what our children need, what the next generation needs? They need to hear some stories from people that are in their life. They need to hear some stories of how God worked in your life and how God made you make or helped you make it through. They need to hear those stories because you know what? As much as we want to say it, these aren't fairy tales, but so often to a child they can seem like that. And you know what's going to cause such a great impact is when they hear their own father, they hear their own mother saying, you know what, when I was a child or when we were struggling and when we didn't know what to do, the Lord provided a way. The Lord made it happen. But you know what, we're not going to have those stories if we're not walking with the Lord. We're not going to have those stories to where we can tell our children about what God has done. And I think because of that, we have failed to tell our stories because we don't have those stories. And what's happened is the children have fallen away from the Lord. They've fallen away from the truth because it hasn't been real in parents' life. It hasn't been real in, the, you know, in their leader's life. We have to have that understanding that we have to pass on the tales. They have to know that, uh, that the Lord is real, that the Lord works today. That he wasn't a God of the past, but he's a God of today. And we have to make sure that we are passing on those tales. You know how often we love to tell stories? We love to tell stories. We like to talk about things that we've accomplished, things that we have done. I could go on and talk about sports all day long. You could ask our basketball team, all right? There was a point where, you know, they would ask, we were on drives, and we would talk about basketball, and I'd tell them about a lot of the things that I accomplished in basketball. You know, I could tell them of the time that I hit a buzzer beater and won the game in a playoff game. I told them of a time to where I've gotten an MVP award. I told them of a time how I got injured and I kept playing and we still won the game. Why, why is it that we like to tell stories? 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, the pride of life. We so often want to tell about our own life, our own accomplishments of what we've done because it lifts us up. But you know what? We have to realize that, you know what, those aren't the stories that we need to be passing on. Those stories don't matter for eternity. Those stories don't have an impact. You know what stories do is when we're telling stories about what the Lord has done. Not about what I have done, not about what I have accomplished, but what God has done in my life. We can easily tell stories. You know, you, you get a bunch of men around a table and talk about, you know, get coffee and donuts. And so often, you know, you'll have these talks, these fellowships, and everybody want, wants to give their own their, their story. They all want to, you know, tell, oh, well, 
this is, you know, this is what happened to me, and so, so, you know, something happened, and, you know, basically, uh, it, it was terrible, I can't believe this happened, right? And then, next person, oh, well, did you hear what happened to me this week? Man, I had this going on, I had to work 50 hours, well, I had to work 70 hours, you know, it, it's like a contest on who has the better story. And we love to tell stories. We love to tell these tales. We love to tell about our own life. But if we can just change that and alter that to where we're just telling our children, we're telling the next generation the tales of what the Lord has done in our life, we can see a mighty change. We could see some excitement in the young people's lives. We have to make sure that we are passing on the truth, passing on the tales. And lastly... Passing on the torch. Passing on the torch. That phrase refers to a handing off of a responsibility. Gentlemen, if I can have you, those that I've asked for some help, if you can go grab those real quick. We look at this statement, handing off of responsibilities. This is usually used when somebody is maybe retiring and they're handing off uh, their position or their responsibilities to someone else. Or maybe they are, um, you know, they're no longer able to do it. Uh, maybe they are moving up in a different position. We find that that statement is used where they're passing on the torch. But Stephen, would you be able to come too, please? I think there's a fourth one. Is there a fourth one there? All right, if you can grab that for Brother Stephen, please. All right. I've got some torches here. These things are... The best torches I could find. Amen. All right, I'm, if I could just have you guys right up here, please. All right, just four across this center section. All right. So with this, we have failed in this area of passing on the torch. And I say that we have failed is because, do you have that lighter? All right. Okay, we're going to see how this goes, okay? There we go. It works. I have like five of these at home. They're all brand new and none of them work. It drives me nuts. So what we have here is we have the first Christian. We have the first Christian that has trusted Christ, the first Christian that's living their Christian life. And what happens here is this Christian chooses to keep what they have. They keep the gospel to themselves. They keep their own Christian values, their Christian morals, they keep it to themselves, and you know what? They don't pass it on. What we find here is somebody that would end up dying spiritually. We find that it dies off, that it's not continued. What we have next is somebody that passes it on. Go ahead and pass that on, please, carefully, carefully, carefully. All right? What happens is, this is the part I want us to focus on, what happens is, he's passed it off, so what happens is, he says, I'm done. I no longer have to do anything, because I passed off the responsibility. We have to come to an understanding that when we are passing, it's passing on the torch. It's not passing off the torch. It's not handing it off and saying, you know what, I'm done, I did my part, I passed it off. I gave them the gospel, now it's their job to go give it to somebody else. I'm done, I can live the life that I want to live. 
so often that's what we choose to do as Christians. We kind of look at our own life or, you know, maybe a pastor is retiring and he's, you know, he hands it off to a new person and he says, here you go and I'm done. And yes, when we get to the end of our life, when we pass away, yes, that's going to be when our torch is, is gone out. But while we are still alive, we still have the opportunity to still pass it on. And with that mentality is, it's to pass on, all right, go ahead and pass it on, not only once, but to pass it on to the next, and then to pass it on to the very next. And what we find here is, we find this chain reaction of passing on this torch for the glory of God, to pass off the responsibilities of getting the gospel out. We have to get the gospel out. We have to give Christians values. Is it smoking pretty bad? There's no fire alarms in here, are there? All right. I'll, I'll go quickly, all right? With this, we have to make sure that we are passing it on, not passing it off. Because what happens is our mentality is so often, oh, well, you know, it's their turn now. I've trained, you know, I've maybe, you know, helped out this generation, and now they can take over, they can take charge, and they can, you know, hopefully run, take a run at it, and hopefully they succeed. That can't be the case. We have to continue to pass it on while we have life, while we have breath. We have to keep passing it on to each and every person that we interact with. That revival, revival fire, it spreads by simply passing it on, not passing it off. Let's make sure that we are passing on the torch. Guys, you can go ahead and close those so that way we're not, uh, look at that. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine, all right? Good. Thank you, guys. You can go ahead and be seated. With that, there's so many things that we have to pass on to the next generation. I look at our next generation, I look at the world that my daughters are going to grow up in. I have such a burden to reach my world for Christ. Why? Because I want them to have a relationship with God. But you know what? I also want my daughters to grow up in a world that loves the Lord. You say, that's, that's not possible, Brother Jordan. It is. It is. It's not possible if you, if you don't believe it. We have to come to that understanding. Pastor has talked about it many times. You may have even seen a Facebook post that I put out. It was a while back during the National Day of Prayer. We can reach this entire world in 33 years. We can. If simply we were to pass it on, not pass it off. If we simply taught the values and taught the virtues and taught the truths that God has given to us, that we've been able to learn, that we've been able to grow by, the experiences in life that we have been given haven't been given for us just to hold to ourselves, but to pass on so that the world may know who Jesus is. We have to come to that understanding that we need to pass it on. Pass it on, not pass it off. We need to pass on the truth. We need to pass on the tales. We need to pass on the torch. We all have some responsibilities to do. It's not, oh, they can do it. I've reached my time in life to where I don't have to do it anymore. That time is when God says so. So let's make sure that we're doing our part in passing on the truth so that our world can know who Jesus is. Let's pass it on today. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I pray you just please 
be with us tonight. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to preach and just the challenge that you have given me and just this area of passing it on. Lord, it's so easy for us to pass it off and just maybe give a truth here and there and maybe give a tale and experience of what you've done. But Lord, we should be sharing our testimonies. We should be sharing what you have done in our life. We should be sharing the gospel, the truth. We should be sharing doctrine one with another. We should be passing that on so that others could grow by it. And Lord, we could see a world that is forever changed. We could see a world that is changed for your honor and glory, that you would be exalted through it. We could see a world that would be on fire for you and a world that would just have a desire to know you. And Lord, I know not everyone is uh, going to choose to accept you, but I sure hope that they can. I sure hope that they do. I sure hope that they make that decision of trusting you. And Lord, I just, my desire is just to do my part in passing on the truth, passing on the gospel, being able to share it with others. And Lord, I pray that that would be our desire here tonight, that we would leave here with the desire to pass it on, whether it be to our children, whether it be to the young people in our church. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be somebody that is older, but it's somebody maybe that has grown spiritually. And they have the opportunity to teach. I pray that they would be encouraged to go and edify one another as we seek to grow closer to you. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around as the piano begins to play. The Lord has spoken to you. Would you please come? Everybody please stand. If you please stand here tonight. As we have a moment of invitation. If the Lord has spoken to you. I just encourage you. Please come. Talk to the Lord. Ask the Lord what he'd have you do. Ask the Lord to give you ways on how to pass it on. Maybe you adopt a family spiritually. You take it as your responsibility to encourage and uplift a family. To help them in their pathway of life. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.